Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Hello and welcome to today's today's session. A very important um, one close to my heart, how to pay yourself more as a business owner with the wonderful guest Hetty Verney. Hetty is uh, an accountant and has been for 25 years. Um, and she's done things a certain way for a long, long time. And then in the last two or three years, she started to do things differently um, with her clients to ensure that they are more in control of their finances, better knowing of their figures, understand um, how they can pay less corporation tax, pay themselves more while still in control of their finances and ensuring that the tax is paid um, and knowing how they can not just pay themselves more, but manage the profits in their business. So she's going to be talking to us to about all of that today. Um, and she's an accountant of 25 years. She has her own accountancy business as well as a financial business consultant. So she works in several different levels um, with, um, with clients. And it's a super interesting conversation if you're a business owner and you want to start paying yourself a better salary. So get listening. I hope you enjoy and let me know what you think. Welcome today and welcome Hetty. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. We've known each other actually for probably quite some time, but I'm amazed that we haven't had this conversation before. It's been quite, quite, I don't know, I don't even know, but I know it's through one of many, right? I think it's probably about three, maybe four years now. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how much of the one of many stuff have you personally done? Uh, I've done lead the change. Yeah. I've done, uh, two conferences i've done four in-person retreats and four virtual retreats as well about the same apart from i'm just about to do my final lot in april so yeah about the same it's interesting you meet so many lovely amazing women but sometimes like us you don't always get a chance to catch up even though we work in similar fields if you want to call accountants and financial advisors the same but the reason for bringing you here today, apart from obviously the wonderful introduction I've given you, is because I have some clients I've referred to you and they always speak so highly of you. And what I like about what you do is that you're not just a traditional accountant. You're looking at areas that I think that are really missing for a lot of people. Um, the main one being is how I can pay myself more. So what I see quite a lot of, and you can tell me if this is true for you, which you find, is they've had a limited company maybe for a a year or two, possibly a little bit longer. They were previously uh, sole trader, maybe only for a short amount of time, and they went limited company relatively quickly. Mm. And then they're, so they're just paying themselves a minimum salary, which is around that eight, eight and a half grand mark. That way they don't have to pay national insurance and they're not paying any dividend tax. And that's nice and simple because they haven't got no tax to pay. So that feels safe, it feels easy, feels in control. Now, I don't know many people who can live off of eight and a half grand. Um, And it comes a point where the business starts to become profitable. There's profits in the business. It comes to the end of the tax year. The accountant does the tax return. And then there's 
money sitting in the bank, which makes the client feel really happy. But then there's tax to pay, corporation tax to pay on the profits that are left in the business. Yeah. And then the accountant says, well, you could pay yourself more and you would pay dividend tax, which is like an income tax, um, which is less than the corporation tax. Why? Why say that after the event, first of all? And then they go on to say, possibly a year later, in a similar scenario, where they started to pay themselves more, but they're left in the same scenario with profits in the business. And then instead of saying, oh, pay yourself more, because they've done that for the last year, they're then saying, oh, you should pay into a pension. And that's really tax efficient way of doing it because it reduces your profit. And it's, you know, you can explain this probably better than I can, but it's obviously tax efficient to do that because it's technically an expense on your accounts. Yeah. And therefore, it reduces your corporation tax. So these two are two things that I see. So I either see the client once they've been paying themselves more, um, but they paid too much corporation tax in the first instance, or they haven't been paying themselves anything. But the, the, the question of pensions has come up. Now, why do you think this is happening? Have you found the same? Do you, do you find the same sort of questions um, coming to you? Absolutely. Yeah. When new clients come to me, more often than not, they're saying, I've got this huge corporation tax bills pay and I don't understand why, why, why hasn't my accountant worked out a tax efficient way for me to pay less tax? There must be ways of doing it. And I look at their accounts and say, well, yeah, of course there are. We can either pay yourself more, put the money into a company pension. There are a multitude of ways of doing it. But as you say, retrospectively, that's no good because you've still got a massive corporation tax bill to pay. So it's too late. Mm. What I do is I meet up with my clients at least once a quarter and we go through their accounts through their zero or their QuickBooks, whatever it happens to be. We work out exactly what their corporation tax liability is looking like. And we work out at least halfway through the year what's going to be the best way of being tax efficient. Do we need to put more money into a company pension? Do we need to set up a company pension? Do we need to pay ourselves more, which obviously will increase the expenses and reduce the amount of corporation tax that we have? Um, and we work out what's going to be the most tax efficient way for them to do that. We then work out what uh, personal tax they're likely to pay, if they're going to be paying dividends, so that they know in advance yeah, because they want to put the right amount aside. Because that's often the panic, right? Absolutely. They, they, they just, they, they're almost, tax is the, big, the biggest thing. They're scared of paying more tax. Yeah. Um, without realising that the business is going to pay the corporation tax. And I think the difference is, is that they feel detached sometimes from the tax that the business pays compared to what they personally pay. And okay, there is, there is a difference. It's addressed to the business for a start and one is addressed to you personally. So mm. I, I get why people think like that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just a distribution of, of, of accounts in different ways. And as long as you're putting the money aside, like you do with corporation tax, I, I certainly do. I put a, a few, not a few hundred pounds, but more than a couple of hundred pound a month aside into a tax pot. Um, I forget the percentage. Um, I'm not sure the percentage, but I've I do like projections with my accountant. And we've yeah. worked out that we put a certain amount, it's about five or 600 quid a month, we put aside into a, a tax account from a corporation. I've worked out the same projection on my personal, and I've got a separate personal tax pot for my tax. Now, if you're really good, you're doing those things, right? If you're really good, but it, it's it quite a straightforward, a quite straight, straightforward thing to do. But there's a massive, I think, 
psychology with with people paying paying that personal tax they almost avoid paying themselves because they're scared of what tax they may or may not have to pay so why aren't accountants having these conversations sooner do you think why aren't they telling people what tax they should pay why aren't they taking some of the fear out of tax and explaining it to you know most of my clients are really clever individuals they're not stupid people but that guidance is almost needed requested that's what clients come to me for and as I'm sure you do why does it take something having to happen before action is taken I think because a lot of accountants just do the work do the compliance work get it done that's it we've got a client we'll do their accounts we'll do their bookkeeping we'll do their payroll that's it yeah. They don't necessarily, or they haven't until quite recently, I don't think, realised that actually clients need more than that. Mm. They don't just want to look at a profit and loss and a balance sheet and say, this is the amount of tax that you've got to pay. They want to understand what those figures actually mean. Mm. They want to understand where they're coming from, where they're going to. And hang on, is, is that corporation tax? Is that my tax? What is it? I'm a single sole director. Why am I paying so much tax on anything? I shouldn't be paying all of this tax. Oh, well, you are because you've had a very big salary. But they haven't said, well, actually, you could take more out in dividends because mm. you've got a bigger profit, et cetera. Mm. So yeah. therefore, I think it's, I think it used to be literally just the fact that they're just going to do the work and that's all there is to it. And now, box, right? We, we have to do that. So we have yeah. to do that and we have to do it within a certain time frame. So as long as we do that, the box is ticked. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I think nowadays it's quite an, an assumption that people already know that. Mm. And they don't. They need the guidance. Anybody who's just starting out or has even been running their business for a few years, they need the guidance on what they can do, what is going to be the most tax efficient way of taking the money out of their account. And, and the best person to do that is an accountant that you're you already working with, typically. So you can see why clients wrongly unfortunately assume that their accountants will tell them these things absolutely but sometimes people don't know what to ask mm. and so therefore they might be fearful of asking something that which they think might be might sound stupid mm. but also i think that uh, accountants have a really bad reputation a bit like estate agents in a way i suppose um that they're just not going to get back to you or they just don't get bad. I mean, at the beginning of COVID, when it all first started, I had so many clients coming to me saying, I've sent my client, my uh, accountant, three different emails and they still haven't replied. I don't know what I'm eligible for. I don't know what I can do. Yeah, my business is going time. under. What the heck am I supposed to do? Mm. And I'm like, okay, fine. All right, don't worry. Let's look at things. Let's see exactly where you are. And they're like, sort of, oh my God. I can talk to you like a normal person, not just like an accountant. Um, and it gave them the peace of mind that they could ask me any silly questions that they wanted to. Sure. It was putting a friendly face to financial services. I think we both do that in our business, really. We make it, we, we, you know, we do, we do get back to people. We're approachable. We're friendly. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter on your bank balance. That's not going to reflect the kind of service that you get or how much no. your bill is. That, that, you know, everyone gets the same service regardless of, how much their profit or turnover is or how much they've got to invest. Um, 
and, it, and it, I don't mean this to be like an accountant bashing um, <laughs> at all because you know you are one yourself and I'm sure there was times in your business that you we, we can all be guilty of doing this I know when I used to work in previous companies you do things the way that that particular company told you how to do it until you know better you go along with it yeah um, so I completely open and that's why I started my business I was like I don't want to do this anymore this is not what I want to be doing for my clients so I changed and I started my own business but there was so there's definitely a piece of business model here and what's always been done has always worked why change it but also it depends on the charging structure so if they're charging like my accountant doesn't charge me a huge amount but if it, I, I'm expecting them now they're I'm getting monthly calls and I've got this really lovely lady that talks me through stuff and she's obviously a qualified accountant I don't, I don't know she's not my official submitting the books accountant um but she works for the same firm and the difference in her talking through my um, my profit and loss and talking about my projections and what we've got coming through just like two three months before my end of tax year has been amazing and but I'm half expecting them to say well actually we're giving you this better service so we're going to charge you more and they haven't so this a lot comes back down to business models and what yeah. your expectations of what your service you're actually going to get for your money yeah. Um, so you, you, I know you probably have I think two or three levels of service and I'm sure yeah. you would charge a lot more for those you know clients that are just wanting the compliance work as you described the tax return physical done compared to those that are getting monthly calls and coaching sessions and yeah get digging into really like more business consultancy um, yeah. than it than it is anything else there's going to be different service levels and you're obviously going to charge more for the things that take up more of your time absolutely so, but it depends on what value you're able to give to that client and what they need that's why it has to be tailored specifically to the client. I mean, mm. certain clients come to me and say, I am so scared of my numbers. Mm. I have no idea where I am or what's going on. I just sign something at the end of the year and pay the tax and that's mm. it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's try and work out what it is that you're, why, why are you scared of your numbers and what yeah. we can do to actually help you move through that so that actually you start to really quite enjoy looking at your numbers and understanding what they're coming, where you're, where you're coming from. You're looking at the reports on your zero account and you're like, okay, all right, gosh, I've spent an awful lot on such and such this month. <laughs> wow, I need to cut that down. Sure. But actually being able to understand that and give people the peace of mind that, as I say, they can ring me or email me and ask me any any questions they want to. It doesn't really make any difference. But mm. to bring that service into my business has made such an enormous difference to the way that I communicate with my clients now. Yeah. It also means that instead of looking at the accounts at the end of the year, like I always used to when I was just doing accountancy compliance work, it means that I know through the year what's going on. So if there's something that's flagging up in the beginning of their year, three months into their new financial year or something, I know about it immediately. Mm. And I can start saying, oh, hang on a second, hang on, we've got to be a little bit careful here because looking at your projections, yeah. the next three months don't look quite so great. So actually we've got to cut down on some things here. And they're like, oh gosh. yeah." That's, but that's like a financial controller role. That's, I, I, I would say yeah. that, that, that's, quite a, um, that's quite high level, yeah. you know? Um, it is. So you're going to charge more for that? Of course um, you are. Yeah, mm. absolutely. People have got to be ex to expect to, to pay more for mm. a different type of service. If you're just doing the compliance work and you're literally just looking at the accounts at the end of the year, doing the adjustments, doing the tax returns, etc., that's a very, very different type of role. 
definitely. So going back to the question, how do people start to pay themselves more? What things, what, because obviously everyone's businesses are so different, you know, different yeah. expenditures and different uh, funnels of different, how they get their clients, how those clients pay. Are they monthly, quarterly, are they service or are they a product? Um, do their costs come out straight away for that particular product or is it like there's something they pay for two, three, four months later? There's so many different models. And I think sometimes, you know, the unknown is what stops people from paying themselves more because they want to make sure they've got more than enough in the business. So they haven't got to worry about the business is OK. So the business is being OK. Everyone's OK. Everyone's getting paid. No, I've explained this to you before and I laugh about this, but I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> what, what I tend to do is I know my business cash flow. I know what my projections are um, and I don't hold back hundreds of hundreds or even thousands um, in my business account. I pay my team. I have enough backup money to be there for a backup. But otherwise, I pay myself a dividend. So there's profit there. I pay it. <laughs> Now, I know that's not everyone's strategy. Obviously, I do pay into my pension as well, but um, I, I want to have a nice lifestyle. You know, I want to, I've got horses, I've got kids in private school, I've got things to pay for. And the reason I started my business was to earn a good salary. Otherwise, I might as well just go and get an employed job. Um, yeah. I, 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 what's the point? Now, so for a lot of people, um, they are, they, they they might be wanting to sell their business. So let's just say, for example, it's I spoke to a client the other day, um, they're paying themselves eight and a half grand with their partner. Both of them are getting eight and a half grand. And the business turnover is double seven figures um, and projected to in the next three years to be hitting millions. And they're only paying themselves eight and a half grand. And the, the purpose being is that, yes, they will take some dividends at some point, but they plan on selling that business in five years. So they're wanting the profits on the, on the accounts to look really good. Yeah. I'm not planning on selling my business in the next five years. So why, why would I keep the profit in there and pay corporation tax on it? I quite agree. Absolutely. Um, so what things can people start, to, what questions would you in your head when you're working with a client be thinking for them to say they can start paying themselves more? Okay, well, when I first start working with a client, we look at what their monthly expenses are their household expenses what they need to be taking home not what they want but what they need to be taking home we make sure that whatever it is whatever whether they're taking a salary or dividends that that's going to cover it to start with we then start to look at what they want to be able to take and that's when things get more exciting actually more than anything else <coughs> sorry um, and what we do is we look at the profit and loss, obviously. We see what the profit is actually looking like and what the potential corporation tax is, is looking like as well and how many dividends they've taken, et cetera, et cetera, during that particular financial year or tax year. Um, and then we start to work out what percentage of their monthly income that's coming in they need to be able to take in order to get that figure. So say they're taking the basic, whatever it is, 736 a month, whatever yeah. it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and they're only taking a minimal amount of dividends because they haven't got huge household expenses, but that covers it, that's okay. Yeah. But actually they wanna go on holiday this summer. Yeah. They wanna go on a really proper holiday. So how much do they need for that? Yeah. So then we start looking at what that percentage is likely to be of their income. We then set up profit first, 
mm-hmm. which I'll go through in a minute. Yeah, I'd love you to explain that, yeah. Um, and we work out what percentage they're going to allocate for every piece of income that comes in. So if they're paid only on a monthly basis, but through invoicing their clients on a monthly basis, whatever it happens to be, then we work out when they're going to set up the allocations and we put that percentage straight into a separate account so that it's already rolling on, keeps on rolling on each time. When it gets to the end of each month, they have a look at what's in that, um, what we call the owner's pay account, and they can pay themselves that. We then work out the most tax efficient way for them to be able to take it. So whether that's through increasing their salary, giving themselves more dividends, whatever it happens to be. And it also totally depends on what they're planning to do with that money. If they're just planning on using it for because they want to go on holiday, or if they're planning on putting it on a deposit on a house because they need to be able to get a mortgage, then we work out which is going to be the most tax efficient way to do that so it looks better for HMRC, et cetera. Sure. Um, <coughs> once we've done that, we, we once we've worked out all of those percentages and they've started allocating it, we look at it sort of every two to four weeks, roughly speaking, to see whether this, this amount is actually going to be enough to cover whatever it is that they're trying to save up for or they're wanting to do. Or maybe they're just wanting to take more money out for the heck of it. Why the heck not? Why shouldn't they have more salary, for goodness <laughs> yeah. sake? I mean, they, they, they say that the most, the most important employee in your business is yourself. Yeah. So if you can't pay yourself properly, yeah. then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. That's my philosophy anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's my philosophy as well. And I call myself my most important employee, so. Exactly. Our businesses wouldn't exist without us, right? So Exactly. Why should my team be worth more than me? I'm like, no. No. No, It's not happening. No, definitely not. Definitely not. So there are certain things that you can look at for a start, obviously, your profit and loss but also looking at your personal expenses to see what it is that you're wanting, what, what it is that you need. Is just taking that small salary and the dividends enough for you? Mm. Or actually, do you actually want to double that? Yeah. So therefore, we then work out the most tax efficient way for you to be able to take that out. So if somebody's with an accountant right now and they go to their accountant, the question that they could ask is, I want to pay myself more. How do I do that? And yeah. really, that accountant should be willing to have that conversation and able to be able to answer that question, I think, quite, quite easily. But let's just say, there are, I do get the odd occasion, not, not all accountants are very forthcoming, you know, and I don't mean to cast aspersions, but I t- tend to find it's maybe somebody that's nearing retirement, they've got a very old kind of business, and they're, or they're just prioritising clients who they feel are more, better, more, more interesting, more, more work to do, more yeah. compliant, so there's... There's more there to be done. So they sort of don't want to spend an awful lot of time without sounding rude on somebody as far as they're concerned, doesn't really, you know, might only have 10 grand a year turnover kind of thing. Yeah. And so as far as they're concerned, it's not it's not a priority. But it does at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they're on 10 grand or a hundred grand or a million pound turnover, because the yeah. question is always the same. Um, therefore, it's just as important, doesn't matter who, who it is. And once you get those fundamentals right, as that business grows, you can apply that philosophy as the business grows throughout your business career. So it, it needs to start at the beginning, not just when you hit a certain milestone. Yeah, absolutely. So if, that, if that's not forthcoming, then companies come into somebody like yourself. They don't have to change accountants over completely, right? No. They can speak to, you know, there's a couple of different words like business coaches and 
there might be a money coach for example but I feel like this particular question needs to be somebody that has accountancy background yeah um, I, I call myself a financial business mentor right because I've been through it myself Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. I paid myself tiny salary and very small dividends for a very long time and didn't quite get why I wanted to reduce my profits. I mean, I knew uh, rationally, obviously, if I wanted to reduce my profits, I was going to be paying less corporation tax. But actually, what I was aiming for at that particular point was high profits. That's what I'm going for. Mm. But I didn't actually think at the time actually, I need to be really tax efficient here. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And I used to ask my own accountants because I could never do my own accounts, obviously. Okay, what am I going to do? And they started to be really unforthcoming. They, they became, they were bought out by a big company and I was just sort of pushed aside. You're not really that necessary anymore. Um, and so therefore I started to try and work it all out myself and see what's going to be the best way of doing it. I'm putting money into a pension, as you said, um, <clears throat> paying myself more through my salary because that will reduce my expense, uh, sorry, increase my expenses, but reduce my corporation tax. And I know it's, yeah, it's a good position to be in to be paying corporation tax because it means your business is doing really well. Mm. But you don't want to give HMRC any more than they have to have. And wouldn't you no. rather have it in your pension or in your pocket? Thank you very much. Yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. exactly. Yeah. So, so yes, we're gone. <laughs> Sorry, so um, anybody who comes to me does not have to change accountants or anything like that. They can still keep their accountants because um, I will look at what their accounts are doing, but I will mm -hmm. concentrate much more on what they're wanting to do with their business. Rather than, yeah, the retrospective. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think okay. the majority of accountants have always just looked at everything retrospectively because that's, that's what they do. They do your accounts after you finish the year end. So then it's too late to change anything. Yeah, so it's taken it from a compliance function, an accountancy function Function is something you have to do, yeah. to actually having it as, as important as your marketing. I, I wish that everyone had the same philosophy about social media and marketing as they did as their accounts, because I always say that the figures, the numbers in your business give you the, all the answers, Absolutely. whether it's KPIs in the marketing or KPIs in your conversions from inquiries to sales, or whether it's the actual accounts on your expenses and where your profits are coming from. The numbers are crucial, but so many, um, and I'm, I don't hide the fact, I've done a TEDx talk where I've openly admitted I got an F in maths at school. So I'm not stay, saying that, you know, I'm this incredible mathematician because you I'm not. You don't have to be. I'm not, but what what I, i'm i'm i was a bit of a late a late grower whatever you whatever you call it um but i i just i struggled at school I, i'm not what i would class as an academic really um i took my qualifications in my 20s and in my 30s so it was something that happened later on in life but that that, that never meant that and it shouldn't mean that anyone is feeling nervous just because they weren't great at school at numbers that then that their business that they can't understand it um in their business now yeah, um, absolutely. No, I mean, I, I have a lot of a lot of clients who come to me saying, I, I'm rubbish at numbers. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing at all. And by the end of the time of working with me, it's like, sort of, actually, do you know what? This is actually quite fun. 
Yeah. I quite like this. I like being a bit more in control of my money. I like to know where it's going and why, why when I've looked at my end of year accounts, it says that I've got a nice big profit. Well, where is it? Why isn't it in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's it gone? Where's well, it actually, gone? you've actually probably already spent it because yeah. these are all done retrospectively. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I think it's really important to have these conversations all during the year for everybody. They yeah. need to know. Yeah. And otherwise you, you, you can't really manage what future expenditures are going to be, whether yeah. it's a tax bill or something else. Um, so then if you say, oh, well, I want to pay myself, oh, I want to go on that great holiday or you want to buy a horse box like me. Um, you don't know when that can happen because you haven't actually sat with the numbers at any point. Yeah. Um, so if you do it on an ongoing basis, even if it's quarterly, at very least, um, at least then you've got a better, better handle on what you can take out of the business and what you can't. Absolutely. So before we go today, because I, I feel like I, I could talk to you about this stuff forever and I, I, and I wanted to keep the focus around paying ourselves more. And I think we really covered that. But before you go today, I'd love you to explain what Profit First is um, and why you love it so much. OK, so Profit First is a cash management system. It is not an accounting system. And that's the really, really key definition between the two of them, because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think, well, it's just another way of accounting. It's not. It's a way of waterfalling money into separate accounts so that you're putting money aside for your tax, you're paying yourself what you want or what you need, and you are rewarding yourself, not just paying yourself, but actually rewarding yourself for all of your hard work, but also that you have got a buffer in your business. So if another COVID hits us, What's going to happen to your business? Mm. If you've got two or three months worth of money in there to pay for all of your expenses, for your freelancers, for your social media, whatever it happens to be, whatever your expenses are, including yourself, mm -hmm. then it gives you the peace of mind. It's a behavioral system more than anything else. Yeah. It teaches you how to put yourself first, put your profits first as it's yeah, and that's what I love about it is and then when I when I read the book many years ago and I've got it on my shelf um over this side um as well and it's something I I encourage people to go and buy the book whenever I'm talking about a sort of business and financial stuff I always say go just go and buy profit first and I'm not obviously an accredited um license uh, holder for profit first which is a, obviously a system but yeah. I, I can never pronounce his full name Mike McCallavitz <laughs> That's it. Um, and I know, I know that you are a, a sort of licensed practitioner of the Profit First model. But what I loved about it was pay yourself first. So, yes, it's called Profit First. And it is talking about the profits in the business first. But more than anything, it was about paying yourself first and actually making sure that your energy is and your efforts are not in a feast and a famine. So a lot of people are, oh, I need some more money. I need some more cash flow in the business. Quick, let's put an offer out and let's see if we can sell a couple of these, I don't know, whatever. Um, and then the next month, you're not doing that anymore. And you're back in the same situation again of this feast and this famine. So it's encouraging you to actually, I guess, back to that point about the figures giving you the answers. That yeah. If you have the right structures in place, you can be keep your train on the tracks Keep yeah. in a straight line, keep line, you can get steady, consistent, and you're not in so such a sporadic up and down movement, which is why I, I love it. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, you're 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 completely right. It's 
it's it's peace of mind. Mm. It is peace of mind. I mean, the the, the way it works is that the the normal um, formula for business is sales minus expenses equals profit. Yeah. Your profit is your last thing. That's the the thing that's sort of forgotten about. It's what comes at the end. The way that profit first works is it's sales minus profit equals yeah. expenses. So whatever's left over is there to pay your expenses. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got enough left over, you need to look at your expenses and see what it is that you're spending on that's costing too much. Yeah. Because if you're not taking that profit out first and that money out to pay yourself first and that money out to pay for taxes, then and the, the what's left is not enough, then there's something not quite right. And it yeah. helps you really, really focus on what expenses you've got. My, my quarterly clients... We literally, we meet up on a quarterly basis and we do an expense analysis. It takes 10 minutes each quarter, Mm. literally. How much are you spending? Why are you spending this? Do you need this subscription? Do you need this particular volume of subscription or can you cut it down? What's happening with that? Why why are you using, oh, oh, I don't use that piece of software anymore. No. (laughs) Happens quite a lot. Yeah, it does happen quite a lot. It definitely does. So what we do is we work out predetermined percentages according to your business. So it's yeah. all tailored specifically to your business. And we make sure that those allocations are put into a separate bank account. So it's out of sight, out of mind on a weekly, fortnightly, monthly basis, whatever works best for your business. Now, I always started doing it on a fortnightly basis, as Mike suggests in the book. Um, and I've then since gone to a weekly um, allocation because it makes much more sense for me. So on a Friday morning, I go through all of my zero. I make sure that all my debtors are all right. My creditors are all right. All my bills have been paid that need to be paid. I know exactly what's happening in the next few weeks as far as paying out my bills and things. And then I do my profit first. And it takes literally 10 minutes a week to do that. Yeah. And usually when you're starting out, you will literally only put in about one or two percent into your profit pot. Yeah. You'll put in whatever percentage you need to be able to cover your salary and your dividends um, and whatever percentage is worked out for your taxes. Yeah. Now, I have various other accounts. Now I've got one for my team. I've got one for VAT. I've got one for advertising. You can have as many accounts as you want to, but it's best yes. to start off with a few, just, just sure. profit, tax and owner's pay. Yeah. And then whatever's left over is there to pay your bills. And that's it basically yeah, yeah no, I, I love the philosophy and I've used it to a degree I don't think I've personally used it to the degree that you're speaking of with marketing and, and everything else um but I use it from an accountancy and then money expenses so I have a main account the main money comes into that account and then I transfer over to another account which has my expenses run out of it and then yeah. I have a, a payment go into my sort of my salary but I don't actually I've, dividend but not paid directly to me um and some months i'm better with it than others i must admit that's um, why getting into the rhythm and the routine is absolutely key because then it becomes a habit yeah if so i don't do it on a friday does... morning i miss it <laughs> yeah it probably gets some, gives you that comfort and yeah and it does yeah when i first started doing it which was three and a half years ago and, and it was just because i came across it actually i came across it through um Catherine morgan Mm-hmm. Um, she introduced me to it and I looked at it and I thought oh this looks quite good I think I'll do this just for myself at that time I didn't think about rolling it out to anybody else um, 
And when you take your distributions uh, every quarter, i.e. you take the money out of your profit account, you take out 50% of whatever's in your profit account once a quarter, and you have to stick religiously, well, it's a good idea, really, to stick religiously to the quarter, so end of September, end of December, etc. And I started this at the beginning of September. So when I took my first lot of distributions out at the end of September, um, I went and bought myself a really nice bottle of wine, slice of carrot cake and a really lovely interiors magazine. And I went off on my own and I felt really emotional because I wasn't paying myself. I was rewarding myself. Mm. And the difference I felt was just unbelievable. Yeah. But when I did it at the end of March, uh, just as we were going into lockdown, I actually, because I didn't know how long lockdown was going to be, I actually paid in full, in full, for a holiday of a lifetime for my husband and I to go down the west coast of America. Wow. Which was purely through profit first. I would never, ever have been able to do that because if the money had been left in my bank account, I would have used it to spend on something that I probably didn't need to yeah. be quite honest and to be able to do that and at the same time I'd also increased my salary and my dividends quite dramatically and I was still able to do that and it was the, the feeling was like when I said to my husband he said well how much is it going to be and I said it's not I've done it and he said what do you mean you've done it I said I've <laughs> paid for it in full and he said you can't have done you don't earn enough and I said no I don't earn enough but I have been doing profit first, so I do now. And he was like, oh, wow. And nice. course, we haven't actually been able to get to America yet. We're supposed to be going at the end of May, Amazing. fingers crossed. But Aww. I would never have done that without profit first. There's a huge psychology with a lot of this. We've talked about yeah. fear and tax and the fear of unknown and overwhelm. Yeah. Um, and now what we're talking is another, another piece of psychology, like how, you know, what you need and what you want. Yeah. Um, and then also around... Um, what you've just mentioned on being really goal goal orientated yeah. um, and sometimes you don't know especially for people that maybe haven't earned as much before um, and what tends to happen is there's an organic shift towards your finances so even those that are employed and they get a pay rise and bit by bit after five years they were on say 60 grand and then they're on 100 grand we we go okay well I'll go and get a better car and I'll go and get a bigger house and I'll we, we, we sometimes like you've just described buy or do things based on that sort of gut reaction at that time yeah um, but I think what you're describing is actually yeah you can still do those things but um you actually can start being a bit more focused around what, what your goals are um and then Absolutely. you know that you could take that money out and yeah, because if you've got the money sitting in your bank account, yes, you probably will go and buy a better car or better house or whatever it happens to be. But if that money is not in your main bank account because it's been put aside somewhere else, yeah. you look at your bank account and you think, OK, well, I haven't got that money, so I can't do that. Mm. And then once, of course, you look at your profit first account and it's like, I can, mm-hmm. actually. Well, actually, I can't quite yet. I could Next quarter, I could, though. Yeah. And it focuses you on how you can cut down on your expenses, how, what you need to do to be able to increase that profit pot. Perfect. Amazing. Well, I've really enjoyed our chat today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm oh, sure- it's been I'm, lovely. I'm definitely going to have you back because there's so much that we could talk about. <laughs> um, and obviously in the show notes and in the blog, we're going to be sharing your links to your website, 
Um, but is there an easy way for people to connect with you or a great way for, for you to share any of your content at all that you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm just starting a new course, um, a self week, self week, six week self study course. I can't even say it um, on how to set up profit first and what it means for you and how to start focusing on what those numbers actually mean, um, which is going to be out at um, probably the beginning of April, actually. So actually before okay. this comes out probably but, yeah um, by the time this comes out it would be a, a, be live then so people yeah. can go and check that out yeah have, have a look at my website mm -hmm. um you can always book a discovery call if you just want to see what i do how i do things whether we'd be a good fit or not i never take on clients that i don't think would be a good fit mm -hmm. if it's not the right sort of business or it's not the right sort of client or anything like that then i'm i, I won't I won't put you through the hell of working for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not hell. I'm sure it's amazing. But I do know what you mean. There's just some people that you feel that you can, are they going to get the value? Because I have a few yeah. clients where they say, oh, no, no, I'm more than happy to pay. And I say to them, look, I, I, I just, I don't feel it's fair for me to charge you because I don't actually feel like I can give you the value that you need. Exactly. Um, so I, I totally hear what you're saying. So it's not that you don't want to work with them. It's just that the ethic and values around making yeah. sure we're giving value for money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important to do that. Amazing. Well, I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for joining us, Hetty. And go and check Hetty out on the website links that you can find however you're listening to this particular podcast. And um, go and subscribe, check us out. And I'd love to hear your feedback and I'd love to hear from you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.